It's time for Building the Game, the game. Building the game. with Jason and Friends From Tabletop Game Design, the fun forever and friends. Friends. It's at the end of the episode, that's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, February 12th, and you're listening to episode 611. As always, I am your host, Jason, here today, joined by game designer, John Jewell. Hey, John, how's it going? Hey, Jason. Glad to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, yeah, so we got uh, linked up through uh, Clarence uh, Simpson, who's been a, a good linker-upper in the past of people and uh, has uh, continued to be good at that. And uh, we both know Clarence through game design. You are from North Carolina, uh, so that's that's the big way you probably know Clarence, who is also yeah. from North Carolina. <laughs> Yeah, Clarence and I go back maybe five years. It's been it's been a really cool journey getting to know him and a lot of the other game designers in North Carolina, and we'll talk a lot about that tonight. Yes, yes. I'm going to lead you right into that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we jump into that, though, what have you, uh, what you've been up to lately? Uh, I'm. Recently, uh, coming off of a fun local con, uh, Tantrum House, which is a media yeah. company. Sure. Yeah, that uh, is one I would love to get down there for at some point. Uh, um, it's one of those little cons that just kind of blew up. Like, lots of people go to that. It's become a destination. I was running the uh, prototyping, sort of playtesting area part of the con. Mm-hmm. And in years past, I've done this before. And... Um, we got a lot of local designers in the past and I'll, I'll talk about that more later, but this year pretty much everybody was driving in or even flying in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tantrum con. I, I don't know if it's my favorite con, but it's, it's really up there for yeah, me. Yeah. Um, just because it's small, it's so intimate there. I, I, because I'm kind of local, I know a lot of people there, mm-hmm. both from the Charlotte, you know, gamer community and the game design community, greater sort of North Carolina, Atlanta, some of the, the places nearby. And it's, um, it's small where you can actually like, just actually play a published game. You don't have to yeah. watch around. Yeah. Does it always have to be a uh, prototypes all the time? Yeah, and it's it's also really cool because some of the publisher friends who I've met through pitching and just getting mm-hmm. to know other you know people at bigger cons, a lot of them just are there to hang out and play and being able to see them in a relaxed setting and just have a beer together and maybe yeah. play a game or two without a lot of pressure to get business done. Mm-hmm. That's, cool. That's great. Yeah, no, those are some of my favorite con experiences. Um, We've got Grand Con up in Grand Rapids, just north of us, that I usually go to most years, and that is the similar type of con. It started off pretty small, and it's still pretty small, but it's uh, it's big enough to where it's a draw. People come into town for it, um, and we just have a great time because there's no big agenda. You know, it's not like you're like, oh, I got to pitch to all these publishers, I got to do all this stuff. You're just there to have a good time, and um, it's great. I just I love it so much. Um, so. So yeah, no, I, I feel it. And Tantrum Con is one I, I definitely want to try and get down to. Um, I just the scheduling hasn't worked out yet, but uh it's funny because 
you know, like I said, at first it was like tantrum house con. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's, that sounds interesting. You know, but I didn't really think much of it. And then all of a sudden everyone's going and I'm like, Oh gosh, <laughs> all these people who I like hang out with, they're going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And the tantrum house people are just so nice. They're so accommodating and it's a really family friendly con. And I, awesome. I have a six year old, I have a three year old. I brought my girls and there's a great kids gaming area. My six year old spent hours like painting minis. Oh, that's never awesome. See, even seen a mini before. And now like there's literally 10 of them, uh, by my couch. So. <laughs> Super cool. Finding a new hobby. I love it. My, uh, my son recently, um, as a, as a new nerdy hobby, um, he was like, dad, uh, there's, there's a and D club in my school. I'd like to join it. And I was like, well, I guess we got to go choose some dice then. Like, let's do that. He's like, well, they said they have dice there. I was like, oh no, 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 no. You'll have your own sets. And I was like, and I have a lot so you can pick extras, but like, he's like, well, I'll just take some of yours. I was like, no, you need to have your own, like, you need a special set just for you that you pick out. He's like, okay like sure he's like i'm not gonna stop you from buying me these dice <laughs> so we went and we've got some dice for him and then he went through my bag and i was like oh you'll probably want to take you know extras of the each of one you know so you've got a few extras and um and he's now been to three sessions and he's super just in love with it so we went um, out and got him the uh core rule books so that he can you know learn more on his own rather than just playing and and that was exciting for him and exciting for me. And then realizing how much more expensive D&D books are now than they used to be. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Mortgage my house to get three D&D books. But, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> but they're, they're very, they're very nice. They come in a nice, nice box. I feel like they should uh, for the price. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, but it's real exciting. It made my day um, to see him getting into something that I was into, you know, a little later than him. But I was, you know, late middle school is when I started playing. And uh, it's just such a great avenue um, for him to, uh, yeah, to learn and to grow and to, to make friends. And so so I'm, I'm super stoked Express about yourself. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm maybe a little younger than you. I grew up in the 90s and video games were kind of coming on the scene. Mm -hmm. And so I think I missed, like, a lot of the D&D, &D, like, in its heyday and... Some of my game friends started a group or I got invited to a group and I got to play like one and a half sessions and then the pandemic hit. And okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I've never really gotten into tabletop RPGs, mm -hmm. um, played plenty of board games, card games and video games, but um, something that I would love to explore with my kids um, maybe when they're a little older, but mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe six yeah. is the right time. I don't and know there's some me. there's some great systems out there for kids right now. Um, there's this one called Color My Quest that I really like. Um, that I'm, I mean, I need to admit that I did like my kids and I wrote a adventure for it. Uh, wrote oh, an adventure okay. for it, but uh, um, it's super it's super duper fun. It's easy for kids to learn and stuff. It's uh produced by dice up games uh and they're they're a good couple of people running that stuff um but no actually i grew up in the 90s as well and i was super into the first video games like you know the snes and the nes and, and yeah. sega genesis and stuff i just happened to have one friend who uh was into D D, 
um, from like another friend group he had had. And uh, it was on after that. Like he was just like, he taught us and then we were super into it after that. Um, so yeah, so we, we uh, were Renaissance, Renaissance men. Uh, we <laughs> played video games and D&D. It was great. And we played Magic the Gathering, which was not great. Um, it was funny because I was, uh, I got back into D&D uh, just out of co- after college and like started buying so many D&D books and stuff. And I said to my wife, I don't understand. Like I played this in high school and I had a lot of stuff in high school, but like I never had that many D&D books. Why? And then I realized it's because I was, I was playing Magic the Gathering and that was where I was, uh-huh. was just pitching my money, just hurling it. Um, so, uh, you know, yeah. So I ended up with a lot of books. Funny enough, a few years ago, I sold all of my old D&D books. Uh, they were all the old systems. And uh, I thought, well, if my kids ever play, we'll just pick up the new system. And then that's what sure. happened. So it worked out. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, when I, I started playing Magic in middle school, and I didn't have any money. I had, like, almost zero money. And right. so I built a couple of decks and played that with my friend's group. And they were, I guess, I guess they were rich. They, they were like having new cards and new decks all the time. And oh, it's wow, like, yeah. can we just play something else now? <laughs> Cause this isn't really fun. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I never had a ton of cards uh, for the same reason. In fact, I got lucky because I had a friend who um, was a big collector and one day he was like, Hey, uh, I'm going to drop off. He was, he was like older. He wasn't even like a friend. He was like a, a friend of my mom's, like my mom was one of my mom's friends, kids. And he was like, I'm going to drop off some cards at your house uh, that I just have extras of. And he dropped off 800 cards. <laughs> like, and they were all like, and some of it was like good stuff. Like, I mean, it was no, no like big rares and stuff, but it was like his collection was so big that he was like, here's 800 cards that I don't need. Right. Uh, so that made a lot of my collection. And then any disposable income I had, I used to try and buy a few decks, you know, a few packs yeah. here and there. And uh, it meant that I never bought D&D books. <laughs> so. Well, hey, so we've alluded to this topic a little bit here. Um, but what we're going to talk about tonight is, so you actually started the Charlotte chapter of the Game, Di- Game Designers of North Carolina, or the G-Donks. The G donkeys. Uh, yeah. I don't know that y'all necessarily all ascribe to that name or nickname, but uh, that's I a nickname I use because yeah. I heard it used. I think by Clarence maybe, and I was like, "Well, that's that's what we're saying from now on." Um, and I know a named Udy, Kevin Udy, who's from yeah. Asheville, and he's the first person I ever heard call it G donkeys, and it's such yeah. a good nickname, right? But yeah, so I uh, got a lot of friends down there who were in that. Obviously, one of our co-hosts of the show, Julio Nasario, is also. Uh, a member mm-hmm. um i think he's in the Asheville chapter though yep. um but yeah so you started the charlotte chapter uh, about six years ago uh, and you still organize that and um i would love to hear about setting up you know an organized group like this um because i know it's a, it's a lot of work and and y'all put in a lot more work than your average like playtesting or game group does so um, so yeah, I would just, I would just love to, to hear about yeah. that and ask you a bunch of questions about that. So if that's cool. Absolutely. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, why don't you just, uh, start with how, how you got started with it? It, it got started when I designed my first game. Uh, it was a game that I 
creative and I didn't know anything about game design. I wanted to kickstart and I started bringing it to like published game meetup groups. Mm -hmm. There's a, a really quality group called Queen City Game Club and they have a meetup not every night of the week, but two or three nights a week, different spots around town. And they're always really welcoming. And they pointed me to, they played my game. They gave me good feedback and they pointed me to a couple of designers mm -hmm. who hadn't had some success in Charlotte. Um, and they also gave me great feedback. And then they said, you really need to get this game in front of a group of designers and they didn't say that as much, but they said, like, we aren't going to be able to do this for you. Like, you should go to Proto-ATL, which was, at the time, the first game convention that I'd ever heard of. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I had no concept of That what, that was a thing, right? <laughs> like, Gen Con, Origins, PAX, BGG, whatever. I had never heard of any of that. And I went down there and I tell you, I was, uh, it changed my whole outlook on game design. Mm -hmm. I sat down and played games with Mike Mihalsik and JB Howell with Zev Schlesinger mm -hmm. and just publishers, game designers who I now like I'm friends with and respect a ton. And I was like, wow, this is, the coolest community. Everybody is these superheroes. Like I literally have many games in my shelf with your name on it. Right. And, right. Like you're just talking to me like a regular person and helping me make my game better. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I felt like I, I can actually like pitch my game. These publishers and these people aren't superhuman. Right. Right. And uh, so then I decided I'm not going to like become a small business and try and do this myself. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not interested in that piece of it. And so I started trying to find out who in Charlotte I could play games with, who would actually be able to give me that level of feedback right. that I would be able to get from people who really knew what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, at the beginning I met another game designer slash sort of publisher. He published a handful of games on his own, David Abelson. Mm -hmm. he, game, yeah. Uh, he had a small house called Fisher Heaton games and he was always working on new games and I always was iterating and I always had new ideas that I was testing for brand new games. And so it was like a group of two and a half because there was another co-designer who would show up a lot. He, he and Alex and David would show up a lot together and work on a game together. But it was just the two of us and we were messing around with like, where are we going to find more designers to join us? Mm -hmm. um, and David was pretty regular and we would go to board game stores and we would post up and say like, Hey, we've got some games. Um, any of you like regular gamers want to try them out and we would have people give us feedback on our games, but we didn't really find other designers who were there to 
Right. The, the there's a there are like three kind of people that we would interact with. Um, one would be just like somebody who's happy to play a game mm -hmm. and they're happy to give feedback, and they're like a great play tester, and that's awesome. And we definitely need people like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and then we would find game designers who are like, this is their baby. This is the one project that they're mm -hmm. only working on and they're not really interested in doing more. They're not really interested in getting published necessarily. Maybe they're kickstarting. Maybe they don't even really want to get it out of the world. They just want to like work on this one idea, but I wouldn't say that they were in it to like hustle and get their game published and on actual shelves. Right. right. They have different goals than you did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And those designers are an important part of the community. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, have your, have whatever goals you want, but yeah, sometimes you're looking for people with, with shared goals. Right. And the only other person I had at that time was David. Um, and then a few things happened. Um, his life and schedule kind of diverged from mine. Um, and he ended up moving away from Charlotte, uh, for, to, to, he moved to Florida. And I also ended up meeting some of the folks in Raleigh and Asheville around this time, people who were designers with the same goals that I had, who were successful, who were giving really like critical feedback mm -hmm. and who had established a regular cadence of meetings with a critical mass of designers. Uh, so they would have a meeting and six people would show up with multiple prototypes. Um, and I was showing up at a, a board game meetup or a game store hoping that one other designer would show up. So I wouldn't have to twist like people Some random person's arm. <laughs> Please play my game. <laughs> and, and the people who I was twisting their arms, like I got to know them like mm -hmm. at the board game meetups, but like they were there to play published games. They were there to play the hotness and they would, acquiesce to play my games and they, you know, were nice about it, but it didn't feel like that's why they were there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I certainly, I've had those game nights where you're like, Hey, like, will you, uh, will you play this unpublished game? And they're like, Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. But like, I mean, that, that's not why they're there. Yeah. So I get you <laughs> like, they're willing to do it, but that's not what they're there for. Yeah. And uh, I, I was spending this time essentially, it wasn't a waste of my time, but it was like at a cost because, it, uh, I had a young kid at mm -hmm. home and my wife has a busy job and I have a busy job. And so I'm like, all right, you're in charge of dinner and like taking care of the little girl while I go and hopefully get like a play test or right, right, maybe right. not. Um, and so it felt like 
I needed to change something. So that's I want to just throw out there like that is such like an a common thing, right? I know being a parent and married parent um that you know anytime you want to do something game design related. I mean these these this this work we do is it's freelance, it's unknown, you know, like I'm always constantly asking myself like is this trip worth it? Am I going to get what I need out of this trip? Is this worth the time, the money, the being away from my family, right? And mm-hmm. certainly, it's the same if you're going out every week hoping, right, to like get a play test and then like, oh, I, I sat here all night and got one play test that wasn't really helpful and, and I missed my family, right? Like that's mm-hmm. – I get that, man. That's tough. So, sorry. I just wanted to like affirm that. No, absolutely. Um the thing that was sort of happening in the background, which was really cool though, was that uh, I got to know the folks around North Carolina a lot better. Mm-hmm. I have family uh, in the the Triangle in the in the Raleigh Durham Chapel Hill area, and so I would go there for a holiday, uh, and then I would say like it's it's actually my wife's family, and I'd be like I'm gonna. I'm going to bug out for a few hours on Saturday and go right. to this meeting where yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I got to know those people. I got to see how they ran their meetings, how they just did it. And mm-hmm. uh, what, uh, what also came out of that was when I would, when I had games that I was pitching and when I got a, uh, my first game signed, I would go to conventions. I started going to other game conventions after Proto ATL. I started going to PAX Unplugged. I started going to the one of the earlier Tantrum Cons, probably four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had people who I could like pal around with. Right. People who was like easy to <clears throat> like sit down and play a game, no matter what it was, no matter what time. Um, so I built some friendships basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. having a friend, even just one, uh, in a room makes it all so much easier. Doesn't it though? It's amazing. And when you get used to that and then it's not there, it's like, Oh, we're back to this. This is not, this is not fun. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I'm even like at a major advantage compared to many people in the space because I'm an extrovert. And so I really don't mind just chatting people up and talking Mm -hmm. game design stuff Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, so I guess, um, that leads me into the pandemic and, uh, a weird thing happened for many of us, which is that we started play testing online. We did. Yeah. And, there was a weekly meeting that game designers in North Carolina hosted like on Monday nights. Mm-hmm. It was at 8 PM. So I could sign on after my kids were in bed mm-hmm. and we would play a bunch of games. We would probably play until 12 or one many nights, mm-hmm. like every week I was iterating. It was awesome. And that eventually dropped off as the world reopened. Um, but I guess it was a year ago this time. Um, 
there was a tantrum con in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Previously, it had been in South Carolina, just an hour or so down the road. And uh, you know what? They had two, they had two in Charlotte down at the airport hotel. So two years ago, and I hosted the prototype alley or whatever mm-hmm. they call it. Yeah, yeah. And a bunch of people showed up who I'd never met before. It was like, just give it some time. Some new people are like uh-huh. here. And some of them like even have a published game or two. Like, and they're here with the same design goals that I have. Or at least they're interested in working on their game enough that they're willing to show up once a month. Right, right. And fast forward to now, we have a critical mass of, I would say, at least four people twice a month. And That's sometimes awesome. we hit like 11 or 12 people. And right, it is right. Crazy just how we've got, uh, not only do we have a core group who, uh, has always got something to iterate and mm-hmm. always got something mm-hmm. to test, but we have a solid group of people who I think like the vibe and they're there to play tests and they like game design and they like being part of it mm-hmm. and they've got ideas and they're noodling on it and they don't have anything to play test, but they show up and they're our friends now. So, right, right, right. So that's, I mean, that's a, you know, between four and 11 people, that's a great group to show up each week to get multiple games played or games played more than once. What, what kind of cadence do you normally follow for that? Like when you, when you've got a group, I mean, do you have some setup kind of rules of how you go about ensuring adequate play tests for everyone, you know, or making it, you know, equitable? What do you, what do you do around that? So we often, I would say we always start with just some chit chat. And then when there's a natural break in the conversation, I'll just ask any new people to introduce themselves. And then we say like, I have these two games, this one is two to four players. It takes an hour. Uh, I really want to get this one tested, but it needs like at least four. So we kind of assess what's the, the stuff that needs to get done or that we want to get done. Mm-hmm. And if there's a new person, um, even though maybe it's not like the f- most fair thing, uh, we, we try and make sure that the new person gets the game played. That's nice. Yeah. Just to kind of first one's free, <laughs> get them in there, get them. Yeah. So that they yeah, feel but... like they get to see what the experience is and see what it's worth. And um, it's interesting because I've actually heard of game groups that do the opposite, and they're mm-hmm. like, you don't get to your test the first week you show up. And, um, and I think there's a, there's an argument for that as well. Right. You're Absolutely. saying prove you're going to show up before, you know, multiple times before you're going to grab a play test and run and not come back. Right. But I think, you know, extending that faith out to them and saying, hey, listen, we're excited you're here. We're going to let you play test your game. We're going to give you good feedback. And we're hoping that's going to make you come back and want to do that for others. I think I like that better, you know, um, just because it's it's just making the assumption that they're they're going to be fair about it. Right. And that it's going to be a good relationship to play with them again. Yeah, I I typically assume the best in people and in in my life so and you know what if we play test the game once and they never show up again 
it's not really going to hurt us in any way. Right. Right. Like if I have a deadline and I really need to make sure that I get this tested before my pitch meeting, I'm going to say that and we're going to do my game right. like up front, but right. we're going to do yours in parallel if we have enough people or we're going to do, right. do yours next. Well, I think what's cool about that too is, you know, if the next week or the next month, I mean, when they don't come back, right. You know that you played their game. You did your best at giving the feedback that was helpful to them. You know, you were welcoming, you did all the right things. If they, if you had not done those right things, and they had not shown up, right? Then maybe you're like, oh, do we make them feel welcome? Do we do this? But you know you did that. <laughs> and then if they don't come back, you're like, hey, we did our thing. Um, and maybe that wasn't their thing, you know? And um, I just think that's – I really, really respect that. Um, because, uh, yeah, because I, I think it's – I think it takes a lot for somebody who – especially who's not an extrovert, um, you know, somebody to go to a new place – and say, I'm going to put my game out here and I'm going to offer it to you all to, to give me your thoughts on it. And, um, and a lot of us over the years, I'm sure you included have had not great experiences doing that, you know? Um, so when you're like, Hey, we're going to accept you and we're going to give you a shot to do this and, and we're going to respect you and your game and all of that. Um, that's, that's beautiful because again, it takes a lot for a lot of people to do that. And uh, yeah, it's just, I like it. It's a, it's like anti-gatekeeping. It's great. (laughs) No, absolutely. Um, And I think if we want to keep growing, maybe our position might change once we're so slammed that, you know, we, have to start limiting but honestly like even then if we have so many people we just split up into multiple groups right but if you're getting like i get it if every month you're getting three to four new people and you're like oh my gosh like we're never going to be able to play test any of the games of the regulars like i get trying to figure out how to do that but like you said you got more people you theoretically can get more play testing you know i mean Mm -hmm. um you know that's one of the things that we talk about like when when the btg group when we go to, when we're all at a convention and we want to test it, you know, we'll, a lot of times in the beginning, you'll kind of call out, like, I'll say like, oh, hey, Roscoe or someone mm-hmm. else, like, hey, I really would like you to play this game once, like, mm-hmm. if you have time this weekend, um, because I really want your feedback on it, right? Um, but also always trying to be available to say, hey, there's a, this is somebody's first convention where you've got to meet them, even if they've been designing for a while, you know, like, I want to, I want to play your games. I want to see what you're doing. And, and sometimes that's hard and sometimes you don't get to it. And that always bums me out because, because I want to play everyone's games and also test my own. Uh, and that can be, that can be a tall order sometimes, especially at a, at a, at a meetup where it's just, you know, one night of so many hours, you only fit so many games in that, you know, it's not like a weekend where you can fit a lot more. in. Absolutely. Um, and we, one of the things that we did, well, about a year ago is I started hosting our monthly meeting at this brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, the brewery has a standing Tuesday night magic group. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but through that, like I've met that one of the, one of the owners and he's a magic guy. One of the other brewers is a magic guy. And, um, when I told him about my signed game and the Kickstarter launch, he said, well, just have the launch party here, man. Are you going to do something? I was like, I wasn't planning on it, but that's like, now I kind of want to. <laughs> yeah. So, um, just part of being part of the community, um, like that's been a fun part of it and getting to know like the bartenders, they know us and they're happy to see us. Mm -hmm. It's not a big thing and we're not necessarily attracting new designers who just happen to be there. Uh, but right, it's like, right. a, it's like a friendly place to be. That's awesome. And I mean, bringing up the location, you know, I mean, that is so key with stuff like this. You know, I've, I've had, game shops that are like, Oh, you can come play games here, you know? And, um, and I've had very little success with going to board game shops, even our awesome local ones and actually trying to do play tests. It just hasn't really worked very well for us. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but, but we've had, you know, like minis games and stuff. We'd go play there and, and there were two shops in town and the one was a thousand percent more welcoming than the other one, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and having that welcoming space is awesome. We're fortunate that we have a board game bar in town. So a few times I've went and done some play testing there and they were super open to it. Cause obviously they like having yeah. people come play board games. So the idea that somebody was bringing their own, uh, that they were testing, you know, and, and I was greased the wheels by being like, Hey, here's some games I designed and had published. I'll add them to your collection, you know? That's and, good. uh, they were like, wow, thanks. You know? Um, so, so there's always that too, right? But um, but yeah, places finding a place like that. Uh, I was actually in Roanoke, Virginia, um, driving back from vacation over Christmas break, and uh, we uh, we went to this bar that was amazing. And I remember thinking, like, man, this would be such a good place for a meetup. Like they had a few board games and stuff there too. That wasn't kind of their thing, but I was like, oh. I would come here every week and eat their pizza and play games <laughs> and drink their beer. <laughs> nice so yeah i'm glad you found such a welcoming location because that is that's key right to making people feel welcome to lowering people's nerves about going to a place yeah yeah it's been good one of the original sort of ideas was that i would host meetings at game shops because there would be people there who could become play testers and or game design, maybe people who would be part of the community. And mm -hmm. um, as I kind of alluded to before, the people who would be there were there to play published games mm -hmm. and they might help me out. Um, or uh, the other, the other thing is I would go to game design and, sorry, uh, game meetups, like published, like game. Yeah. Meetups. Yeah. And, um, I did end up making some friends through those meetups mm -hmm. and that has turned into some cool, like, wow, these guys are going to origins. Let's share a hotel room. Y'all going right. to be, right. you're just there to play published games, but I have some like Charlotte friends who. Right. Right. Are, into gaming even way more than i am right right uh, but like we can hang out and then 
they're happy to play my game if I ask and they're probably going to back it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. that's cool. That's cool. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot that's went into this. I mean, for you, it feels like it was just kind of this journey of like, what's working, what's not working. Hey, this is working. Hey, let's keep trying to do this. Like, let's try and expand this. Um, is that, I mean, is that, you know, um, I yeah. don't know. What, I wish what, I had like an answer. I wish I knew, uh, the magical formula to, to share. Right. Right. For like what works. It is funny. I mean, apparently it's just be in North Carolina because I feel <laughs> like starting game groups there is just something that happens because there's everybody wants to play games in North Carolina and everybody wants to design games in North Carolina. <laughs> being able to like go and see how the other groups were doing it Mm -hmm. um did give me inspiration and hope i bet yeah um and and build those friendships like i'm Mm -hmm. hosting an unpub mini at tantrum con basically right and i can call 10 people basically who are going to show up and play test their games they're going right. to drive in a couple of hours and be there. Or like I took the Amtrak to Durham and went to an unpub mini that they were hosting at a game store. Mm-hmm. And like I spent the night on, you know, Clarence's guest bed. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing where it doesn't even have to be in your city, but if it can be a, a solid group within a couple mm-hmm. hours drive, Especially if you're talking once a month, right? I mean, that's, yeah, totally. You know, with the advent too of online playtesting, that obviously was one of the positives that that came out of the pandemic is the ability to do more playtesting online. Um, but I mean, you know, for what it's worth, meeting in person is still always going to be, I think, the best, only because. Um, well, you may not get as wide of a variety of playtesters, which is unfortunate because obviously that is one of the great things about the online version is that you can get people from all over the country, all different backgrounds, people you may not normally interact with uh, or just not have the chance to, right? But the game is going to be played in a physical space eventually, like when it's published. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so being able to do that obviously makes a big difference, um, you know, in how it works and, and how you're checking it out. Um, I, uh, I want to give a plug here to my, a local guy, uh, game designer, Ken Franklin, a good friend of mine. He actually, you know, Ken, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So Ken's awesome. He lives about 10, 15 minutes from my house here. And, uh, we only met, I mean, several years now, but we met pre pandemic, but, uh, both designing games for a while before we realized the other one was so close. Uh, we came friends and, and he does a game night on a lot of Saturdays, I think once or twice a month. And um, I don't get out to it nearly as much as I would like to. Um, but, you know, I find like he's got this amazing space for it where he's got, you know, a dining room, a living room with tables in it that they put up mm. for the thing. He's got a big game room downstairs with two big tables um, and they'll get anywhere from 10 to 20 plus people, depending on uh-huh. the, on the week. Um, and, uh, and those people have been awesome to get to know, to play games with, but, a lot of them also are because, you know, they're friends with Ken and they're supportive of game designers. 
are awesome playtesters who give you really good feedback on stuff. And uh, and so it's cool to be able to sit down and play a couple published games and then, you know, have them play test your game and, and give you some thoughts and feedback on it. Um, you know, that's that's it's like it's like player plus feedback because, like, you know, you've got like the sure. feedback you get from like a standard player like a regular old game player and the feedback you get from a designer and they're like, they shoot the middle, which is really convenient. Right. <laughs> because, because you need the, both those different kinds of feedback a lot of times on games. And so, you know, getting, um, you know, getting people that are kind of in the middle like that uh, gets you some really good variety and some really good thoughts on it. Um, so, so I yeah. love that he's got that. I wish that I could get there more often. Um, but you know, that sort of thing is, is awesome. And, and it also, you know, just brings people into, uh, into gaming. Um, I mean, there are people there that I bet never played a board game before they came to his, one of his game nights. And now they, you know, are there all the time, uh, playing board games. And then we're starting a board game club at my son's school in the next couple of weeks here. Uh, he's in middle school and we're going to do like Monday afternoons. We're just going to play games with middle schoolers at their school in the library yeah. for a couple hours. And, uh, and I'm really jazzed about that because it's going to be a cool way to meet more people and to, you know, get more people playing games. Um, but like, it'll also be fun to like, when I'm working on something to have, have different people try it. Right. Like, you know, now you've got like middle schoolers trying it who are, yeah. have a different experience than your average game player or play tester. And, uh, you know, and uh, and I've taught some board game workshops, so if there's interest, you know, it would be great to do that with them, um, with, you know, a group of them if they were ever interested in that. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I um, I love love the idea of spreading the hobby. And I think groups like yours, you know, are, I mean, I have to imagine you've you've met people who've enjoyed games and that eventually set up them and work on some games. Um, yeah, people say, you know, I've got this idea and then we kind of talk through it. Like, you know, if you ever want to work on this together and like actually build something, just a minimal Bible product, like, yeah, yeah. Hang out on a Saturday. That's cool. Yeah. And it's fun to do that with people for sure. Um, one of the other random things, just, it's not super related to game design, but it kind of reminds me of this group you're talking about. Um, during the pandemic, uh, we, I wouldn't say we created a pod, but like, because we were friends with some other families who had kids and then we happened to live near each other. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we were hanging out a lot and I had on a wingspan t-shirt and Matt, uh, was like, wait a minute. Are you into board games? (laughs) We'd known each other for probably two years, but like, we had no idea superficial, whatever. He and this other dad, Brett, who I also knew, and Brett's brother, Josh, had been literally playing hobby board games every Wednesday through, like, the pandemic and before. That's crazy. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah. That's really cool. We we have some new neighbors that moved in, and they – we were talking and they're like, Oh, we should, we should get together sometime. You know, they were new in the neighborhood and uh, new to the area. And we're just kind of chatting. And, uh, and the wife was like, Oh, what do you do? And I was like, well, you know, right now I'm in school, uh, getting my master's. I said, but I also am a professional board game designer. And she's like, wait, what? Like, board, we love board games. And then we's like, so now we go play board games with them. 
<laughs> like it's just like so funny that you know you uh the way you meet people yeah no and the reason that i got so deep into board games was because i got out of video games like right right yeah I, I still dabble in video games but i find that i have a lot of unfinished games new game comes out i play it for a while and then i'm like oh i'm kind of done and then maybe i go back to it probably i don't and uh yeah, and whereas board games, uh, they hold my attention a little better, you know? Um, yeah. Hey, well, hey, before we're uh, done here, um, you have alluded to having a signed game and uh, and a Kickstarter uh, coming up here. And uh, I would love to take some time to chat about that. Uh, sure. Okay. Glad, to, glad to tell you about it. Um, so I have a game called Four Forests. It's uh, signed with Gold Seal Games. So... Andrew Smith is one of the guys who runs Proto-ATL. I met him in Atlanta and showed him the game a few times. Uh, it used to be called Forum. So uh, lots of four kind of illusions in the game. It's a, a card game, like two to four players, um, about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. You're... Uh, you're crafting habitats for magical creatures. Oh, that's cool. With uh, plants. So it's a tableau management, hand management game. Mm -hmm. You have four creatures that you set out at the beginning of the game, and they each have like a preference. So, like, um, you know, gnomes like small numbered cards, and they live in the mountains. Um, or unicorns like uh, unique kind of variety. So they want like a run of different numbered cards. And the cards are all numbered one to eight and they have a suit and a second icon, like a region. Mm -hmm. So over the course of the game, you're both collecting public and private cards. So there's a, a little bit of like, what do I share? What do I give away versus what am I keeping in my hand? Mm -hmm. um, and then you're also using your cards to vote um, face down votes for or against the different creatures, which means that at the end of the game, uh, you reveal how all the vo votes turned out and you can see which creature got the most upvotes and which got the fewest or the most down votes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you score the different sets according to, you know, um, the the way that the votes turned out so the mm -hmm. way that i kind of imagined this game the game that i wanted to create uh was you can make the rules or you can play by the rules mm -hmm. and depending on how well you kind of thread that walk that line mm -hmm. um will sort of determine how well you can do can you read how the other players are voting, like what are they voting for? Uh, what are they putting out in front of them face up? And mm -hmm. you can kind of make guesses or you can make bluffs. Um, As to what they might care about or what they might be voting for. Exactly. Um, and I gotta say the art, uh, it's by I was just gonna. Moore. I was gonna say the, uh, the art is cool. Like I was looking at it. It's really nice. Who, who's it by? Jackie Davis. Um, oh yeah. Jackie. Yeah. That explains it. Jackie Davis makes awesome art. 
Yeah. So, uh, the, as like a finished product, I'm just thrilled. I think it's going to be, um, a fun, you know, like small box card game that, um, like, I, I don't know if it's the, the highest praise I've gotten, but one of the dad guys who I play with, Brett was like, I would actually buy this game. <laughs> And he's not the one who has the big collection. He's just like one of the guys right, who right. shows up all the time. Um, so uh, I, I think it's uh, I think it's really fun. I'm so glad to have it on the shelves. I've got a bunch of other stuff that I've been working on and pitching uh, mm-hmm. over, the, over the last you know seven years. But this one is uh, something I'm really proud of, and I think it looks gorgeous. And um, I think it's the kind of game that I. Uh, I like to play this kind of game with my parents and my siblings. I grew up playing cards. We played a lot of cribbage, rummy. Um, we yeah, we played some trick takers. Oh hell is probably our favorite game. This isn't a- <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, for my folks and and like my crew who like some strategy, but they also don't want to learn a new rule set for like this big game that I'm teaching them, like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I started making games around this time for them. Like I want to make games that I can get my family yeah. and friends to yeah. play test with me and games that they'll actually enjoy. And then mm-hmm. I have this whole separate part of my life where I go and I spend four hours playing this giant strategy thing. And like, um, right, right. I can scratch that itch. I, I know the people now. Uh, and this lets me design games that are a little bit more accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, like, uh, I generally don't play the big, huge games, but I I've said this on the people listen are probably tired of me say this, but like my wife is my target demographic when I'm designing a game, like, will yeah. my wife want to play this game? And if she would, then it's the type of game I generally want to design. And sometimes yeah. I work outside of that. Um, but for the most part, I try to design games that I think she would also want to play. Um, because yeah, because I like playing games with her. And so I tend to try and make games that she would want to play. Um, yeah. So that's real. It it's, is right. It's very real. When does it, uh, when does it launch? Uh, it launches, uh, February 6th. So by the time this podcast is live, you can go check it out on Kickstarter. It'll be well-funded doing awesome. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, it'll have been out for about a week uh, when you guys hear this, and uh, y'all should check it out. I saved it so that it'll pop up for me, and uh, yeah, the art looks beautiful, and uh, you, you said a lot of game words that, that intrigue me, so they're words that I like to hear in the game, so I'm, I'm pretty stoked to check it out. Yeah, I look forward to playing uh, together. Uh, I'll... I'll run into you this summer at Origins, maybe, or this fall. I'm missing, I'm missing Origins this year. I'll be at Gen Con. Um, definitely PAX Unplugged. Great. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be uh, on a trip, a family vacation uh, during Origins. But it's a good family vacation, so I was like, you know what? Sorry, Origins, not this year. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I went for my first time last year, and it was it was great. It was just, like, yeah. just the right amount of chill there was like space to walk the aisles mm-hmm. ran into people i knew all day the unpub yeah. room was awesome yeah in fact i i'm confident we were in the unpub room at the same time like i definitely saw you yes 
You look familiar. Yeah. We, who knows? Maybe we said hi and just don't remember. It, it happens. It was so, funny because you were talking actually, you were like Dave Abelson. And I'm like, why do I know that name? Because that's where I met Dave Abelson and I played one of his games and he was super great. So nice. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, well, hey, man, this has been great. This is, uh, this has been fun. And, uh, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's great to hear that you've got this game group going and, uh, and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a certainly like for you. And I think for many of you that want to start something like this, it's a process, right. And there's no magic way to do it. It's kind of what works for you and, uh, you know, and how you interact with people. Are you introverted or extroverted? Right. <laughs> there's a lot, um, that goes into it, but I, I think you're doing something awesome and, um, you know, helping, more people work in the hobby doing, you know, playtesting and stuff and getting them designing and, you know, being able to like, um, just get more of their stuff tested and, you know, it keeps people interested in doing stuff. And I love that. So I think yeah, thanks. And obviously this has been a real honor to be on your show. I, I really appreciate the invitation and absolutely. Um, I was just going to say, uh, about the, um, starting a playtest group. If you can find another designer with the same goals that you have, mm -hmm. and there's a way to just schedule that and just be consistent with it, mm -hmm. maybe it's for you at a board game store. Maybe it's at a bar or a restaurant. Maybe it's at somebody's house. Uh, if you're getting what you need out of it, uh, Try and just be consistent and yeah. go for it. Yes. Those are uh those are good parting words of wisdom. I love it. So well um hey, what are the other than going to your Kickstarter, uh looking up four forests on um Kickstarter and uh what are some other are there other good ways people can find you uh out there on the internets? Um I will be glad to share my personal email. Uh, I quit Twitter and Instagram during the pandemic. I realized it was like a time suck and it wasn't Indeed. really like I wasn't getting anything out of it. Um, I've kind of replaced that in a way with playing on board game arena. <laughs> so <laughs> it's another time suck, but um, I'm trying so many games that I would never be able to play. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Really, yeah. Heard, I've never played on it, but I've heard so many positive things from people about it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I am uh, around and happy to connect with uh, anybody. I'll, I'll be glad to share my email. I'm not scared of strangers. Uh, sure. So you know, yeah. Awesome. We'll go for it. Yeah. Yeah. We can put it in the liner notes or whatever. It's johnnygrabjewel at gmail.com. Cool. Yeah. We'll also put it in there. Uh, yeah. So that is great. I will add that to that. And um, awesome well, listeners. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure you did. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can go to buildinggamepodcast.com. There you can find a link to our awesome discord where you can join that, hang out with us uh, where we uh, have our weekly meetups and uh, we just hang out, talk game design. And uh, it's such an active, wonderful group uh that is there to work together and help each other and uh have lots of fun and uh you can also email us to building game podcast at gmail.com or uh you can do what is the easiest thing to do which is just to keep coming back every single week and until next time good night good night building the game building the game with jason and friends with jason and friends building the game building the
in the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends, the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. <laughs>